welcome, Jackie Bradley. Thank you so much for uh, being my first interview for Lemon Spark 2.0, Lemon, the Lemon Spark podcast series. Jackie, you were there at the beginning, the, the initial Lemon Spark concept, which we started back in 2008. And that long ago yes and and then we were just gathering stories and putting them up on the website uh, but now that technology has caught up with the idea of sharing lemon spark stories we have a better format through the podcast and you know since then i think you've had another lemon uh, so when i first interviewed you you had one lemon uh, and then since the reboot of Lemon Spark, you've had another, and that's the one we're going to focus on today. So uh, let me uh, ask you, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your lemon, and uh, what did that lemon spark? So we'll focus first on the lemon and how you felt and um, how you navigated that, that lemon in the early days. Okay. Well, the first the first lemon sparked me into um, it very briefly. It sparked me from being a victim of an ambush divorce to becoming a kind of bad woman. And I, um, I had pictured myself just becoming a total victim and living in my car in an alley somewhere in a bag lady. And then I thought, no, I had heard that the best revenge is to live a good life. So I decided, why not try that? And so that led me um, on a journey that included um, making more of my piano music. And I started writing for several publications and I eventually wrote a novel. And so that's where I was. And having used my music mainly for weddings and um, very amateurish and barely um, adequate, I guess I would call it. But people still kept asking me to play at their weddings, maybe because it was free. And uh, so after that, I decided I would like to make some music and record it. So the first thing I did was get a digital piano that I could record on a CD. And then I would have this wonderful thing, this wonderful product. And I could send it to all my friends from the 50s that I had failed to send Christmas cards to because I retired from that after the ambush. And uh, so I did this. I spent lots of money and time gathering up uh, old sheet music from the 50s. And I sat at my little piano and I put my disc in. And then when, when I read music, so I need my music. And sometimes I turn a page and it would fall off onto the floor and there'd be a big hesitation. And fortunately, it didn't record my words. So I uh, made the CD and it was very disappointing when uh, I listened to it. There was no um, regulation of volume on the different songs. The spaces between the tunes varied terribly and there were lots of mistakes. So I decided I needed help from a professional. And that is how I inadvertently found this friend who became my music, um, my music partner and we ended up producing eight CDs. Mm -hmm. And we wrote one kind of crazy CD, a disco thing. <laughs> and uh, he struggled with bipolar disorder. 
but yet he was such a character. He could have been my grandson. He was about that age. And so I was in my 60s and he was in his mid-20s. And uh, he became my partner to go to the Overture uh, Center for the concert series because my husband really would rather go to hockey. So <laughs> Jay and I went to these concerts for three years and I loved it because he loved it so much. And then we just started doing really kind of crazy things. And I think my friends my age started really questioning my sanity. I think maybe my family even did. But at any rate, um, we so just- So the with Jay, let's just make sure. Yeah. Yes. Jay was your music partner. Right. And uh, he, he produced the re re records, he edited, he, he added additional um, synthesized instrumentation to my things. And our first CD that we made was called Dream. It was, uh, my son requested that I make a lullaby CD for his little boy, as he himself was going through a divorce. Not his little boy, but my son. And... Uh, I wanted it to not be little nursery rhyming tunes, so I had things like Canon and D and a lot of Disney, and it was really beautiful. And Jay just put the most beautiful additional instrumentation on that, and I have um, unloaded 4,000 copies of that. It's been, uh, wow. um, CDs don't sell anymore, and as Jay predicted way back then, that CDs had about five years left to live in DVDs. Um, which is true, but I think I had them in 30 different gift shops and not to be boasting, but I was just amazed at how such an amateur person hooked up with the rest, connected with the right, right people or the best people, you can just do anything. And yeah. I learned this more and more as I went on down the road. But do you want me to get to the part about Jay? Yeah, or well, let's just recap. So, so when we first met back in the mid 2000s, Lemon Spark. 1.0 you you had been you had gone through a divorce that was your lemon and that is what sparked you to start doing more with your musical talent and you produced these wonderful cds and to help you in that process of producing these cds you found jay uh, who became your music partner and a, uh, a dear friend so yes now let's move on to the second lemon that um has impacted your life. Okay, so the more I knew him, I realized he had such a genius. Um, in the studio, when, when an artist would be recording, if they wanted to somebody, somebody to come and play keys or put a bass riff or something in, they'd just have Jay come in and he could just whip it off. And uh, he never really performed. He never really wanted to be in a band, but he wanted to create a band with me, which was really funny. And one, he taught um, keyboard and guitar at the Stoughton Art Center. I'm not sure of the name, the name of it. However, in Stoughton. And um, he had a star student who was in high school then. So he thought the three of us should make a band, and I knew it would be. We got um, business cards. I named us Collage because that's kind of what we were mm -hmm. to look at us all. And I thought this is definitely going to be a one-trick pony, which it was. We uh, performed at Tuvalu once, and that was kind of the end of it. And the way we got to perform there was we were watching somebody I knew perform, and Jay said, let's go see if they'll book us. And so we asked the woman who was there who did the booking, and she said, yes, do you have a band? And he said, yeah. And so he booked us this gig and we had no clue what we were doing. <laughs> but that was only the beginning of millions of things. And it became more and more apparent that he had serious 
mental health problems. He would go from very high to very depressed. And so over about a three-year period of time, I walked this journey with him, which sadly ended in his taking his life in 2012. And oddly, or maybe not so oddly with this kind of thing, it was one week exactly after we had done a release party for our last CD. And I have so many pictures of him being happier than I'd ever seen him. And that same time, the following week, he was gone. And that was just something I, it was such a shock, not, not really a surprise, but just a shock. And because we spent so much time together, I just, I really had a horrible time dealing with that. Um, what did you do, Jackie, to? Well, I, I got weird for about a year. I mean, I really, I really was having trouble functioning normally. And then I, I went, I got the flu. I went to my doctor and said, do you think I'm sick or depressed or crazy? And she said, I think you're sad and depressed and sick. So she did put me on a mood lifter stabilizer mm -hmm. and I was willing to take it because I was just having trouble coping. So that would be February and in the summer I noticed on Facebook that Beth Kelly, an incredible local musician, was offering songwriting lessons. So I signed up and went for my first lesson and my assignment was to go write this song for my grandson about broken home and I was all revved up and I got home and couldn't do it. So I ended up over the next few weeks writing nine songs that had to do with Comet Boy. And that's what I had called him after he passed away because it was like he just blazed in to my life and to many people's lives. And he was just such a bright light. And then it's like he just burned out. And that's how we all felt, all of us who knew him. So um, I had these songs and Beth helped record them. She, re she produced that. And I just had this thing that I never wanted to sell that just because I didn't want to make it a product. So we can fast forward. Um, that's when I started writing music. And I wrote four, three more CDs of my own original music that had nothing to do with him. But a year ago, a little over a year ago, it just started percolating in me that I wanted to do more with Comet Boy. And I thought, I've written music. I've written a book. I've written articles. I think I should write a musical. And I was sort of joking. And uh, I was talking to his sister and I said, this could be big. We can, we can go to Broadway. I'm just sure of it. And mm -hmm. so that's how um, I spent a few months writing the narrative to go with the songs and then wrote a few more songs. And uh, when I told my son I was writing this musical and he wondered where we were going to perform it, I said, well, I think Broadway or maybe the Bartell, maybe the Brink. How about your yard? And so uh, <laughs> well, I, I went from Broadway to his yard. <laughs> so I never, um, I, I really didn't have a venue in mind, but I knew I had to do it. So then what I did, the magic of it was that I enlisted the help of the best people and they have just made this thing fly. Um, I have, I call it my comic boy band, but um, I don't know if you want me to name them. It's just the great band. And then Michael Bruno directs it. Sarah Whalen Blake um, is one of the actors. She's the narrator. And Lucky Vita is Comet Boy. And uh, it's a very stark, simple stage. And it went over so well at the Brink last September as a fundraiser. And it, um, it was a sellout. And so, so many people wanted to see it again that we had scheduled it this September during, during suicide.
Suicide Prevention Month, mm -hmm. but um, obviously we couldn't. So the crew and cast and musicians are, have now completed the footage in a filming and made it into a movie, which is going to be broadcast September 25th. September so, 25th. Yeah. so September 25th, which is a Friday at 7. at 7 p.m. Central Time. Yes. There will be a, a, a TV viewing of Comet Boy. It's going to be online. Online where? On How can people find it? I, am, I do not have that link at this point, but okay. I don't know how I'll get that to you, but at any rate... Um, do you think that if they Googled Comet Boy, they might yes. find... Yes, and Comet Boy has his own, um, his own website. Okay. So Cometboy.com might do it. So Cometboy.com, you can learn more. There'll probably be a link to the airing on September 25th at 7 p.m. And you can mm -hmm. watch the, the musical that you wrote uh, in, in honor of, of Jay, your, your musical partner who... Right. He took his life in 2012. Um, I wanted to ask you, Jackie, when decided to write Comet Boy or felt compelled to write those songs initially, why do you think you felt that way? What, what was driving you to, to oh, do? Oh, you mean to do it? Yes. Right. Um, I really don't know. It was just like this, um, this power, ooh, this power inside that I just needed to get this stuff out. And I started writing some lyrics and um, I'd take them to Beth and then we'd work on the, she, she was very helpful with the melodies, but we would put it together and she would be very encouraging. So then I'd go home and I'd write another one. And so I, I just was amazed. I would, um, when the songs were finished and I listened to them, I would feel like I must've been in some sort of a manic, manic state where I didn't even know I mean I would hear it and I would think I can't believe I wrote that mm. I can't really explain it it's like once it was done I really don't know how I did it and I don't feel like I could do that again if I just sat down and decided I'm going to do this I guess it was just a really a, a powerful emotional thing and um, as I went along I kept thinking I just hope this stuff can help somebody else and um, one of the songs is called what if and it's a question that so many people ask after they've lost a loved one to suicide um, and Beth Kelly at one of her shows sang that song and I was sitting next to a man who just had tears coming down his eyes and that was so powerful to me to think he doesn't even know I wrote that song and that he's having this reaction to um, like what if I answered the telephone when you called that day. Was there something you needed, something you had to say? And uh, it was, I really don't know how it happened. I think it was some kind of a miracle. But you would attribute that miracle to Jay's passing. Right, correct. And how, when you noticed the, the man sitting next to you listening to one of the songs that you wrote, how did that make you feel? Uh, how were you humbled? Were you happy? Were you surprised? Uh, what, what was like the overarching emotion that you felt? When at first I was surprised. Um, and then I almost felt kind of bad that I'd made him feel bad. And then I, I felt really like there had to be a lot of power in that. And so I felt powerful. You felt empowered. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, so 
when you sat down to write these songs, did you have a purpose in mind or was it really just kind of an, uh, an automatic reaction or a therapeutic for you to, to sit down and write these songs? I think it was therapeutic. I know it was, but I also, I also would have um, themes like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, he, he was um, a contradiction. He was definitely an old soul. And so I wrote a song about, he was an old man and a child. And then I wrote one about um, uh, behind a smile. And that had to do with your, your smile hides so much that you are going through. Um, so I, I think of things that either had happened or um, just the way that he was. And that would sort of be my theme and I would develop the song around it. Well, so, so what do you hope that Comet Boy, the musical, what is your goal for that? I mean, is it just that you, it's produced and, and now you've met your goal? Or is there something more that you hope to achieve with Comet oh, Boy? Definitely. I, uh, first of all, the mission was or is to raise suicide awareness and um, awareness for suicide prevention and um, mental health. Excuse me. It's been used as a fundraiser and funds go to the appropriate agencies. Um, and that's what we're hoping that it can be a tool maybe that would be used in schools or other, other places we haven't figured out. And we're thinking by having this video that may happen uh, next year, if all is going, okay, we want to do it on stage again. The comments from people were just so powerful. And once uh, one said that it actually the actor in it, um, who played Comet Boy said that the play saved his life because he had been contemplating this and it was so powerful. It just brought him around. The, it reflects the effect that ha, um, a suicide has on the people around you or who the person who has left. It ends on a note of hope, which um, people went away smiling. There's some humor in it. Um, it's a bit irreverent at times. It's sad. It's a, it's a lot of everything. And so I, the mission is to raise awareness. And um, it's for people who have lost someone to suicide, who have contemplated it or thinking about it, and to people who know nothing at all about it to hopefully educate them about how that works and what it does to people. So would you agree that your writing of Comet Boy, Comet Boy and the songs initially and then the musical uh, helped in your healing? Almost or definitely, yeah. Yeah, when I was done, it was I kind of felt like after I wrote the, the lyrics and the uh, music, everything, the play was done, I, it was kind of like, just take that. And I, it was, and fortunately, because I have so many people who are talented that have taken this on, I mean, I've passed it on to them now to do what they can with it because I'm there into the production end of it. And they are so dedicated to seeing that this thing continues to have life that it just is amazing to me. Yeah, I just, I have been so lucky. Otherwise, it would just be a bunch of pages sitting in a pile of my stuff, I think. Mm -hmm. Wow. So through, Jay, through you, created this beautiful work of art, this, really? this, book, this message of hope and of healing and I think that's just the perfect lemon spark story and I want to thank you for sharing it with 
with me and with the listeners uh, uh, for Lemon Spark. So this uh, is a way better spark than uh, the first spark, but yeah. I just not have any more sparks um, or lemons. I, I have a spark, but no lemons, please. <laughs> Let, hold the lemon. <laughs> Definitely hold the lemon, more spark. Uh, yes, um, you're always an inspiration, Jackie, and, and that the whole point of these stories is to give messages of hope and inspiration and a sense of belonging for people who may have had similar experiences and are going through it right now. They're, they may be there in the thick of that horrible um, feeling of, of loss and the whole point of having you on the podcast is to give them a ray of hope that you're able to move beyond that and create something beautiful from from a very dark moment in your life and uh, I, I do want to add that i i don't feel like i'm a young person and i but i think i must have a survival instinct of some kind and i when I think about people who are going through horrible things, you either can kind of, you can curl up in a ball and just not do it. Or you can just say, I'm, I'm going to beat this. And, um, but you have to go through a lot of stuff. Like it took me almost a year till yeah. I was even able to process this thing and do it. I mean, you can't just say, Oh, it's been two weeks and now it's time to get with it. Right. No, you can't skip over the process of grieving. There's a, there's stages of grief for a reason, and it takes going through those stages before you're able to get to the point where, like, you were able to write those songs. But uh, the the point is that you get there. You can get there. You it's, can. You have to know that you're not alone and that you just have to be diligent in in recognizing you're going through a grieving period and just let it happen and it and you do have to reach out and let that village help you because yes. in both cases both lemons i had a lot of people squeezing it so it really um you you need to let all the help in that you can get right thank you again for sharing stories i mean that's one way of helping is to share your story so that others know that there are good endings to bad events. Well, thank you for letting me share. You're welcome, Jackie. Thank you. And uh, we will be in touch again soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.